welcome to Pursuing Truth. I'm your host, Barry Watkins. Stacy Escobedo. Yeah. My daughter. That's me. Welcome to my podcast. This is exciting. I'm super excited to have you. Thanks. It's like a dream. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a long time. I know. So. Yeah. And uh, ever since I began, um, yeah, that was that was something. Yeah, we've been talking about it for months for sure. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to have guests, and so thank you for being a guest. You're I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I like uh, you know the things we've been talking about. Uh, you know, just before we started recording and everything about you know our journeys spiritually and all of that and how different they are really. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I'm like so. an accelerated version of you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my 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 transformation was a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were talking about differences between you and one and your yeah. journeys and things. So yeah. yeah. Maybe let's just uh, let's just jump right into that. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, where do I start? <laughs> I need a lot more direction than my husband, I guess. <laughs> I'm a. Yeah, I, I'm not that kind of person who takes an assignment and runs with it. I need all the details. Okay. So tell me what to say. Okay. <laughs> well, that's not going to work. So. <laughs> You're going to have to, <laughs> gonna have to, yeah, toughen it up here. Oh, man. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, let's let's start at the beginning. You know, okay. How, how about, you know, the way... I uh, trained you, right. you know, how to believe in things like right. that as a young kid, you know. How did you grow up spiritually and everything? Right. Well, you know, I think, I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. we're pretty fundamentalist, I, I would say, yeah. uh, Bible believers, yeah. right, growing up. Uh, charismatic. Sem- Assembly of God, mostly, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, lots of missionettes. Yeah. And uh, Wednesday night classes, Saturday night service, Sunday morning service. Yeah. Lots of church. Right. And I honestly continued that through my undergrad mm-hmm. in college. I was very involved in church um, mm-hmm. in college, which, you know, was a lot when a lot of uh, believers, if they're going to fall away, they tend to fall away during college. And for me, it didn't happen until right at the end. Okay. Um, I was, you know, I worked for the church, um, doing the campus ministry. That's right. And, um, did outreach at my university and led services, led worship, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Well, I was thinking about, um, you know, as even going back further though, yeah. uh, you know, how much you enjoyed church. Oh yeah, I wanted really to live there, <laughs> and uh, you cried when we had to go home. Yeah, right. I remember yeah. that. And also, you did you remember playing church all the time as a kid? You used to line up the, the baby I? dolls, and yeah. I mean, I know I played school. <laughs> I played church too. Apparently. Yeah, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I remember you know some fond memories of growing up uh, are the Sundays when we were running too late for church. And mom was so embarrassed to walk in late, okay. so we would have church at home. Oh yeah, <laughs> I loved that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you, yeah, you liked being the preacher. You liked getting yeah. the podium out and the, the Bible and, <laughs> and talking. Yeah. <laughs> Sing songs. In another life, you probably yeah. could have been a preacher. Well, music was definitely a big part of church for me, and I loved music. Yeah. I loved singing. Yeah. Um, I think you know going into that part of my 
Christian journey when I was in college, that was huge for me. Hmm. Um, I, I joined the worship team at, at church and I was part of a Bible study that took place in a dorm and we would like, you know, someone would bring their guitar and we would do worship and uh, we would do that all around campus, different times and stuff. And I just loved the music. Right. It was so emotive. Oh yeah. You know, and I'm in a very emotional person. I like being in my emotions. Right. And I think for me growing up that, that was my evidence of God was during worship. Right. How I felt during worship. And I called it, you know, it was called, you know, you feel the presence of God. Right. And I would be overcome with emotion and just sobbing and like crying my heart out and just feeling like so much emotion that this has to be supernatural. Exactly. Right. And and it's interesting because when I um, did finally recognize myself as an atheist um, in that last semester of college, I looked back on those experiences and I was like, oh, well, that was just emotion and being moved by music. Yeah. And like being, you know, being in a room with people who are meditating on the same thing you're meditating on and like in awe, right? A sense of awe about the grandeur of this, this being we are calling God that we believe in, you know, that stirs up a lot of feelings. Right. And that was part of my transition was realizing my evidence was just emotion. It was just getting worked up in a moment of emotional music. How hard was that for you to accept? Uh, That that might not have been real. Was it hard or was it kind of like a sudden thing? You were just kind of like... It wasn't hard. It was freeing. And it was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden that just clicks for me. That that was just my emotions getting carried away, you know... You were like, able it to wasn't re- it wasn't direct actual evidence of anything right other You're... than that I'm an emotional person <laughs> right yeah, yeah and you could recognize that uh, yeah. at that age I guess maturity may have had something to do with that yeah yeah and I think um I was you know like Juan my husband in the interview you did with him talked about how he never really believed and I definitely did wholeheartedly um but then you know i went through my doubts of like well maybe the bible's not exactly true like how do we know this book is the word of god so even though i was believing in god at that point i was questioning the bible Mm -hmm. um and so it just kind of stepping stone from there of like well how do i know any of this is true like not just the bible how do i know my belief system is true and and the more I opened my mind to allowing myself the freedom of doubting, mm-hmm. because I, I, I had a lot of fear in Christianity. Yeah. Right? Like, I didn't want to be leading people away with my doubts um, and sending people to hell along with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of fear about going to hell. I remember being, like, five years old in my bed at night crying, thinking, what if I'm going to hell? Wow. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel responsible and I am so sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, we've talked about that. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, you know, as a parent, parents teach their kids what they believe because they think it's right. Yeah, that's right. And we're all trying to do our best, right. you know, like, yeah. 
it's nice that now we can talk about, oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. Right. It was negative. It was damaging. It was wrong. damaging. Yes. Right. Right. And, and talking about that is helpful, isn't it? Uh, yes. Between us. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. But, you know, I say that to say, like, for me, it wasn't hard to accept once I finally, once it finally clicked in my mind, okay, I don't actually believe anymore because I'm realizing the evidence I have. Honestly, it was like learning more in that time about psychology and um, how the human mind works and, you know, the power of thought and like how we can convince ourselves of things and experience feelings that are it's feel so real but it's just conjured up in our brains like it's just chemicals in your brain um realizing all that wasn't that hard once I started to like allow myself to doubt freely yeah and it was pretty quick yeah once I honestly it was when I moved away from the church that I was working for Mm -hmm. Um, and I stopped working for the church because I moved away. I, I moved over the, to the next county to live with you and Mary while I did my internship in my last semester of college. And I didn't join another church. And I had that space of not being directly involved in church all the time. Yeah. And it was a matter of a few months before I was like, oh, I'm an atheist. Mm. And it was very freeing because yeah. I didn't have that fear or guilt anymore. It was like, oh... There is no actual, like, thing I, I have to do with my life. Like, oh, I have to bring glory to God. Oh, I have to witness to people and save souls. Like, that was no longer a requirement for my life. And I could just make my life what I wanted it to be. Right. It was huge. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> I'm relating to that. So, like, our, our, our brand of... Christianity that we were in was very burdensome, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all-consuming, right? Yeah. And it was all about giving your future to God, right? Yeah. It wasn't just your present, you know, but it was the future, you know, yeah. everything about your oh, life. Oh, yeah. Right. How many boyfriends did I break up with because they weren't Christian enough for me? I was such, right. a, <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> right. Like... But because I really, I did, I was brought up that way that it should be all consuming. It should be everything your life is about. And so like that, that was sometimes the way I broke up with a boy was like, oh, you're leading me astray because your life isn't all consumed by right. God. Yeah. 90% of, you know, the Christians out there weren't as right. on fire as we were. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Pursuing Truth with Barry Watkins. So we were going to um, maybe back up a little bit and, and talk about some of that uh, transition period of when you started doubting things and you were still working, I guess, in the church and everything. Yeah, we were talking about that. Because, I mean, you know, I, I went through my little middle school, like, oh, is oh, God yeah. good? Right? Maybe That's there's right. a God, but maybe he's not good. Yeah, um, you were like 13. That was very that upsetting was... to mom. Yeah. Yeah. She was devastated that uh -huh. I was asking that. 
um, you were much more level-headed about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I mean, I went through little things like that along the way. But my serious doubts started in college um, as I was working in the church. Um, And, you know, it got to the point where I felt a little dishonest, like leading a Bible study. Because I was like, well, is the Bible even... Like, is this just a book written by people? Right. Like, what am I doing telling people this is the word of God? And so I actually um, did step down. I talked to my pastor and I stepped down from the campus ministry um, and transitioned to working at the nursery. Yeah. Because it felt a lot more genuine to just be able to tell kids, oh, yeah, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Um, and teach them some Bible stories than it did to, you know lead that full-blown like bible bible-based ministry at the the university yeah so um and like i said it wasn't until i moved to do my internship to the next county over and um wasn't involved in the church on a regular basis that i had that space in my brain right to like Wait, do I really believe this? Just fully explore. Right. Fully, yeah. Um, and I, I fully intended to get involved in a church when I moved, and then I just never did. Yeah. Um, because I enjoyed having that space. Yeah. To really explore my own beliefs. Yeah. A- apart from the pressure of every single day, read your Bible, go to church, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Because it is kind of brainwashing at a level, right? Um, that yeah. constant plug-in. It's like feeding in those those messages all the time. Yeah. Um, well, I experienced that with uh, the Bible reading, where when I was going through a doubt phase, early, much earlier than mm-hmm. you, uh, or, I mean, time-wise. Right. Back in the 90s, really, I right. was going through this. And uh, I, I um, had to, basically, I realized I had to stop reading the Bible for a while, even though we were still going to church and everything. Mm-hmm. But that really helped me to reorient my thoughts because I had to, yeah, that flow is, it really is brainwashing. It's like a, it's, it's like every word you're hearing is pushing your brain in a certain direction. Right. Yeah. And, and the way we did Christianity of it should be all-consuming. You know, the, the verse pray without ceasing really impacted me. Yeah. By the time I was in high school, I think, I, uh, I remember trying to do that. And like, you know, if I was driving on my way to school and I saw a bicyclist on the side of the road, I would pray, oh, God, protect them, keep uh-huh. them safe on the side of the road. Exactly. You know, just, just little moments throughout my day, I was trying to stay in communication with God. And uh-huh. that, that really is constant then kind of molding your brain to view the world a certain way. Right. Yeah, it's it's taught that way for a reason, to keep people in that mode, right? Yeah. 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 For sure. It's um it's kind of like uh mimetic like self-replication, right? Like uh ideas persist if they are self-replicating and uh, you know. Okay. I mean, does that make any sense? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Like, the religion that keeps you engaged the most Mm 
mm-hmm. that makes you spread it the most is the one that's going to take over because mm-hmm. that's just, if you're spreading it and engaging with it, yeah. it's not going to die out. Yeah. 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 Well, and so we were talking about um, relationships with um, friends and things and how yeah. that was impacted, I guess. Yeah. So it's interesting because when you interviewed Juan, um, you guys mentioned that, I think you mentioned that like your friends being Christian, when you walked away and were open about walking away, it was awkward, right? Yeah. And that you kind of lost those friendships, that, mm. especially that depth of friendship. Um, I didn't experience that the same way because um, I'm very lucky that two of my closest friends um, I met through Christianity, right? It was like through a Bible study or through what the studies I was leading. Um, and they're still deeply committed Christians and they know that I'm not. They know that I consider myself an atheist, um, but we're, we're closer than we ever have been. Wow. Um, they're, they're very dear friends. They were buying bridesmaids and like, you know, um, and I'm just so fortunate that we're able to all be honest about who we are and what mm. we believe and that it's not a problem. Yeah. Like we're still able to be good friends. Right. Um, even though we disagree about some fundamental worldviews, but we can talk about it and it's not offensive to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's rare, I think. It is. With uh, people like us. Yeah. I think it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, are, you are lucky. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any... Um, any reasons why that is, like, uh, that you can think of? I mean, is it just personalities, maybe, that just happen to be... Well, it's it's interesting, because these two friends in particular are very opposite personalities from each other. Okay. Um, so, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's I don't just know. That... Maybe it's just a level of acceptance. Yeah. Um, especially being millennials. Okay. I think, you know, there there is a different level of tolerance... Sure. Compared to like people of your generation. Culturally, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. You know, talking about like sexual yeah. orientation, even. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, even though Christian doctrine, you know, traditional Christian doctrine dictates that homosexuality is a sin, right? right? right. Um, but my, my friends are pretty open. Yeah. Right. It's like, they're able to accept that this is just how some people are and that's not really a problem to them. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think it's that, that level of tolerance that is generational in a way yeah. that makes it easier. Yep. And that's changing the official views in churches right. these days. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like Aunt Sandy's church you know it was pretty cute because aunt sandy knows i don't go to church but i don't think she really knows that i'm an atheist Uh and when i was visiting her uh over the summer one one year um she was like oh you know you can go to church with us you know uh we have a lot of gay people at our church (laughs) like really trying to sell me yeah (laughs) we're very very open-minded yeah Yeah. it was pretty cute i was like i mean that's nice and all and i went once but like, I just, yeah. <laughs> Still, the main message is irrelevant to me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it is nice that people are allowed to be who they are. Yeah. And still be in the church. 
For real. Oh yeah. yeah. That is. Nuts. That's that's something we didn't um, uh, we didn't really experience in our circles, uh, in our churches that we were in. Um, right. Of what liberal Christianity is like. Right. Uh, I had no clue. Uh, and so when I rejected, or when I was analyzing my beliefs, that was one of the things I think that's different from some people, is the fact that we were just very fundamental. We were right. very right wing, you know, Christian, you know, conservatives. And um, it was either black or white for me mm-hmm. at that point. It was kind of like when I studied it and looked at it, I, I said, okay, science says this, the Bible says the opposite. Right. So I immediately, you know, over time, it was that black and white, though. It was like, okay, it's got to be one or the other. It's not like a mixture. Mm, right. Well, and that was where some of my doubts originated now that I'm thinking about it. When I was in college, I took an astronomy class, and that was a really fun class. Uh, Of course, you know, learning about astronomy and learning about the age of the universe and all this kind of things. um, It was like I was kind of trying to uh, reconcile that with my beliefs at the time. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can believe in evolution, like, at the same time as being a Christian. Because maybe the Bible is just a metaphor. Uh-huh. Like maybe that creation myth is just a very simplified version of how things went and almost took uh, sort of the perspective that like maybe God kickstarted things and then mm-hmm. he designed that it would it would work this way okay. um, and let evolution take its course essentially. Um, and that was kind of like one of the very initial forms of doubt that I had just moving away from that fundamentalism. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it's interesting because, you know, like you said, we were in that world that was so fundamental, but um, there are Christians who mm-hmm. are more accepting of science. That's and, right. Yeah. You know. Evolution. They, right. They don't let it bother them. It's <laughs> right. funny. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Pursuing Truth with Barry Watkins. We were talking about a, a, a recent thing with us that we learned together, right? About how to how to listen to each other, and and uh, I remember how that happened was when we were talking on the phone together quite a bit, and uh, we had started kind of a weekly call that we were talking. Yeah, well, I think that was when I was in Washington, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Yeah. because we lived in Washington for a year, so we were really far away. Uh So we were, yeah, doing like a weekly call. Yeah. And I remember you saying that um, you wanted to get a little deeper. Yeah. Right? Uh Like that we were kind of superficial in our conversations and that you wanted to connect more. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. 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 So that was that was a big change for us, and I think we learned a lot since yeah. then, right? Yeah. And, uh, but you had you had learned some stuff just before that from a friend, right? And uh, oh no, not from a friend. It was um, I listened to the audiobook, You're not listening. Okay. It was so good. It was seriously life changing. Like if anyone needs a good book, you're not listening. Um, maybe you can put the author in the show notes or something. But yeah. Um, yeah. It, it really opened my eyes to how bad most people are at talking to each other. Right. 
Like, most people talk at each other rather than talking with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized how bad of a listener I really was. Yeah. And, like, it really taught me some really just hard skills of, like, listening to people in a conversation mm-hmm. and focusing, you know, not on what I'm going to say next, but on, like, what are they saying? Yeah. Um, and that really changed the way I interact with people. Yeah. And, like, reflecting back that empathy of, like, making people feel heard. Like, oh, you know, asking good questions and, like, kind of validating just by the fact that I'm hearing them. Yeah. Like, I can I can summarize. Like, one, one easy skill is, like, just, oh, so you're saying blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just kind of summarize what you heard. And they can say, yeah, exactly. Or, um, well, no, not really. And they can clarify. Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge skill. And people love it. Right. When they realize that you're listening to them. Yeah. And in a way, what we learn, you know, and what I learned about that is that it's so easy to do. It's actually easy. But it's something that you don't know to do naturally right. unless you think about it, you know. Right. If you're engaged and listening, it is easy to think of the next question Uh because it comes to you because there's some, something you're wondering about what they're saying and it's natural. You don't have to like brainstorm real quick. What am I going to say or ask? Like, no, it just flows. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that was one thing we, um, kind of like directly said to each other was that like, I told you it's okay if there's like a silence. Yeah. Like I was, yeah, there's no problem if there's a silence for a second while you process what I said. Yeah. And that was what I recognized. This was a big deal for me was, uh, realizing what I was doing wrong. Part of what I was doing wrong, uh, was that I was afraid of a pause Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know just insecurity or whatever. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I need to think of what I'm going to say next and not let there be this pregnant pause, you know? Right. And, uh, but in, in doing that, what would happen is I would just fill it in with the first thing that popped into my head to say, which was not necessarily listening to you and responding to you. It was more like, oh, okay, this reminds me of something. Right. And I would just go on another tangent maybe, you know. And, right. Yeah. And then that that can detract from what that person is trying to express. Yeah. Right? Because, like, I, I notice it now when I'm talking with, you know, any random person, um, people I'm not close to. Um, how, how bad people are at hearing me. Yeah. Um, because it's like, I'm like trying to communicate something and they, they hear one word and they run with it and Mm -hmm. it's not my, it's not my message. Right. Not what I'm saying. And then they just direct the conversation in a totally alternate route. And I never really communicated what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, and that happens a lot. Yeah. 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 So I think it's been really positive for our relationship that we're, talking openly about our communication and like about like you know if I feel like oh you kind of interrupted me like that that happened a few times when we were talking on the phone when I was out in Washington right it hasn't happened 
nearly as much lately because like yeah you really have I'm learning <laughs> yeah you really have gotten to be a better listener and but it, you know our relationship was safe enough that I felt like I could say hey you are interrupting me a lot right now and it's really frustrating right um, <laughs> and it's been really healthy for us to be able to get deeper in our conversations because we're able to say those things yeah yeah. Well, and for me, it's where it's gone is so much better because like, like we were saying at the beginning there, um, you know, it felt superficial for a while to just, what's wrong with our conversation? Why is it superficial? You know, mm-hmm. and it would be like, oh, recounting our day, you know, mm-hmm. but, but then it would be like, why don't we ever talk about the deep things, you know, and it was bothering me. I didn't know what the problem was. Mm-hmm. So bringing it up was good. But mm-hmm. then... Us talking together about how to go there made yeah. such a difference to where we did begin to talk about our feelings, about things, go a little deeper. Yeah. Because and now you... I now I call you way too much, like <laughs> twice a day sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I, I love where we are with that. Yeah. 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 But the um. Going deeper, you know, like you said, probing questions was a yeah. big key. Like uh, when you, or or just, you know, reiterating what you just said allows you to think, okay, I, w- I want to say more. Right. Like, oh, he heard this, but he's missing this piece. Uh-huh. Let me talk about that. Right. 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 Or then, like we said, the probing questions would be, I want to know more about this part of what you just said. Right. And that allows you to go deeper than this superficial level. Well, yeah. And that's one skill I learned from that book was how to ask good questions because there's a difference between a question I have about what you're saying and a question you want me to ask. Hmm. Because... I might have a question that, like, uh, is superficial. Like, oh, how old were you when that happened? Uh-huh. Right. Or whatever. But, like, maybe that's not the point of what you're trying to talk about. It's more like a distraction at that point. Right. Yeah. Like, what are you really trying to communicate to me? And what kind of question do you want to answer? Okay. Is an important skill that people can practice when they're trying to be better listeners. Right. Yeah. Like, me reading where you were going with this a little bit or trying to trying to figure out okay where did you want right. to go with this yeah right and part of that is just listening to the word choice okay and like where the focus like especially if people are repeating certain phrases or words hmm. it's probably because that's important yeah. to them yeah. somehow so what about what they're saying and repeating is important and that can that can bring up a question oh you keep saying Blah, 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 X, Y, Z. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Right? Very good. Yeah. 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 Well, um, and then we were talking earlier about how this impacts really the world. Yes. You know? Um, Like, my ability to talk to someone different than me. Yes. Is so important, right? And for our culture Mm -hmm. to uh, learn how to, you know, how to talk to the other side. Right. Right? And that's a skill I think we we really need. Yes. That we've kind of lost in a way. Right. People are very divided. Yeah. Um, and really the only way to, to combat that is to connect 
Yeah. Like that's literally all, that's the only way is to connect. Right. That's the only way I see, right? To connect on a personal level with someone who thinks differently than you and not focus on the difference, but focus on like, can I understand this person better? Right. Um, you know, where do we have common ground? Where can I connect with what they're saying? Mm -hmm. um, where's the difference stemming from? Like, where's, where are they coming from? Why do they think so differently than me? It's just like learning about that person and about their story mm -hmm. um, and connecting in that way. Yeah. It's like humanizing each other, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, and I, I feel like it's important um, that as a culture, you know, maybe as a society that we do learn how to come together a little bit more because I, I feel like, you know, do you agree with that? Like oh, yeah. uh, that there is hope for a change? I don't know. I yeah. mean, sometimes I feel like maybe there's no hope. So <laughs> when I'm on social media, yeah. there's no hope. Um, right. But but yeah. I, I, uh, I don't use social media very much anymore because I feel a lot better about life when I don't. Right. Um, because when you when you look at a person in your life at work or in your family or in your friends or whoever it is when you look at a person's face and you like talk to them uh -huh. there feels like a lot more hope okay because when we're on social media people are so like disconnected from the fact that these are literal people with lives and stories and hopes and dreams and traumas and like it just it's very dehumanizing. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so divisive right. online. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, people will say things uh, on Facebook or whatever to, to each other that they would never say right. face to face, right? Absolutely. Right. Because of that separation, there's kind of this automatic yeah. dehumanizing because of the media, right? Yeah, you're just looking at some text. Yeah. Like, that's not a person. Uh -huh. Like, there's something deeply um, disconnected in our psychology in the way that we did evolve, right? Like, we didn't evolve to look at text and think, oh, that's a person. Okay. Right? We, we didn't even evolve to read. So it's just so disconnected from our primal um, ability to be cohesive as a social group. Wow, yeah. 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 I, I think the more we can tap into our strength as a species, which is our ability to cooperate socially. Mm. Like the more we can tap into that, the better off we're going to be. Yeah. Very good. Hey, if there's hope for me and you to be able to talk, <laughs> there's hope for all of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> you say it like it was so bad before. 